This is the Humans of Gaming Podcast, an open and honest conversation about games, life, and belief. Welcome to Humans of Gaming. I'm Drew Dixon. I'm the Chief Content Nerd of Love Thy Nerd, and I'm joined with my co-host, by my co-host, Chris Gwaltney. Hey, what's up? I'm Chris. I am the Chief Executive Nerd, one of the founders of Love Thy Nerd, and yeah, we're super glad you're here for Humans of Gaming, where we get to talk to all kinds of humans that make games or do games things, and just get to hear their stories, hear about who they are as people, what makes them tick, and it is our pleasure to do so. We're glad you're here. Yeah. This is a wild one, I feel like. I said this on, I think, I don't remember I said this on the podcast. I can't. I think I did, but I mean, we've had some, I've got to interview some really cool people. It's not like me, I guess I am bragging, but I don't That's mean okay. to brag you when I say brag. this. That's right. But you know, we've had Rand Miller on here mm-hmm. and uh, who made Mist, and we've had like Ken Levine. I've interviewed him for, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the Game Church podcast, which we, we, we were able to get that episode onto this show. And like, I mean, yeah, huge, giant. Well, even video like game board game people too, like uh, Rob Davio and uh, James Stegmeier, like some of those names too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Roberta Williams is an icon <laughs> in the mm-hmm. world of video games. Mm-hmm. She's a pioneer. She's done a lot of firsts. That that I mean, like she basically pioneered the the um. Not not mystery game genre, but the point and click adventure game genre. Mm-hmm. You know, Mystery House was one of the first games with, I think, the first game, arguably the first game with graphics. So prior <laughs> to that, like video games, <laughs> like what a weird thing to say. It, it about is video isn't it? games. But prior to that, video games were were text adventures. Yeah, that was what video games were at that time. But she she essentially made a text adventure, but with with graphics, and she just did the drawings herself, like line drawings and stuff. But like that, which like now you look at it and it's like that seems silly almost us because we have such like beautifully mm-hmm. designed uh, graphically graphic video games. But that was groundbreaking yeah. and like changed the shape of video games and opened up so many people's eyes to what they could do. And the cool thing too, is that like she, she just did it. She just (laughs) went and figured it out. Like Mm -hmm. there was no game design school to go to. There were, you know, there's no one to talk to about, about these kinds of things. She just figured it out. And, uh, she, she kind of taught herself a lot of the programming and stuff. And also like her relationship with her husband is really fascinating because she co-founded Sierra online with her husband that would go on to make, King, the King's Quest games, Phantasmagoria, um, like all kinds of games. Um, and obviously, Serial Online became a really big deal and really influential in video games. Uh, but uh, she needed his help because he was the one who had like formal training and programming and, and stuff like that. And like he was a, that was what he's doing by trade, but he didn't really see the value in it, you know? <laughs> like he, he had these other ideas of what he wanted to do. And so she basically had, this is a little spoiler, this is a teaser for the podcast, but she basically liquored him up and convinced him, <laughs> <laughs> convinced him to make this game with her. And, uh, and yeah, I think the rest is kind of history. So you get to hear that story on this show. If you guys can't tell by this intro and how Drew hasn't shut up, 
He was a little excited about this. Yeah. And I am super bummed. I missed it. I was out of town. I wasn't able to be there for the recording. But this is also really cool because like we've kind of heard that they don't do a lot of press uh, and haven't done a lot of press. And so like for her to want to come on our show and talk was kind of a, a really cool opportunity. And I know Drew was uh, borderline, if not starstruck. Yeah. And, uh, you'll probably get to hear him geek out the I whole time. I didn't want to ask, like, why did you agree to this podcast? Yeah. But the thought crossed my mind several times. Oh, man, you <laughs> But I didn't ask because I was afraid to go, oh, wait, I thought you were a different podcast. And then <laughs> she She's, uh, Actually, <laughs> I didn't agree, and I'm out of here. See you later. <laughs> no, yeah. but she was super cool to talk to, super gracious. Um, and, yeah, just a... a rock star in the world of, of online the grandmama of digital of gaming yeah just of the world of games so uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode with roberta williams and drew trying to contain himself <laughs> yep how is life uh you're you're in you're in California? Is that no, right? no. Uh, we're in Seattle. Okay, you're in Seattle we're now. In Seattle. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. We do move around a bit, um, uh, but basically, we do we do go between California and and Seattle, basically. Okay. You like uh, life in the Pacific Northwest? I love it. Yeah, I used. To, yeah. I was uh, I was born in California, and Ken and I lived much of our life there, um, and started our company there, Sierra Online. Um, and we moved here about 25 years ago to the Northwest. And, uh, at first I have to admit, uh, from California, it was a bit of a, um, adjustment because the the weather, the climatic aspects, it's cooler here, it's rainier here, Yeah. but I love it now. I, you know, I love it now, but when we go to California, uh, which we try to do about half the year in California in the, in the winter. And then the other half here in the, in, in the summer, warmer months in Seattle. Um, I, I do kind of miss Seattle. It, it can get a little hot. You, you adjust. Does the, uh, do, do you like all the rain? I think that's what people always talk about with Seattle. Have you gotten to where you like it or is it? You know, you know it, like, it's funny. There's um, the perpetual sunshine of California, right? <laughs> no, I love the sunshine, but uh, the uh, people think that it rains all the time. Like it's constantly raining. It's not. Yeah. It really what it is. Well, it kind of does in the in the winter, say from uh, mid-November to beginning of May, which is kind of a long time. Uh, it does yeah. rain quite a bit, but it's not like it's constantly raining, you know, mm-hmm. constantly. It's on and off. And the other thing that I've noticed, especially moving back to California in the um, in the winter time, is that when it when it rains in California, <laughs> this is a this is a kind of a crazy thing, but the rain is heavier. It's, yeah. it's, it's more sheeting like sheets and yeah. drops. Okay. It's really wetter, mm-hmm. although it doesn't, it doesn't rain as much, but, he, but here in the Pacific Northwest, it tends to be a little more mistier and a yeah. lighter. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just, it is a difference in the, in the rain, but, uh, but you get used to it. You know, you do. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, people don't realize, but I, I know this now because I've lived in the Nashville, Tennessee area for about seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, but we actually get quite a bit more rain than Seattle here. So it's just that Seattle, uh, I think in that area, it's like you said, it's like always misty. Uh, not, not always, always but a no. misty, drizzly. When it does, but, well, yeah, when it does rain, it's yeah, it's more like a drizzle. But really, I yeah. think what is what everybody thinks of is it's always raining. It's it's cloudy a lot. I mean, even in the summer, like today, mm-hmm. you know, I got up and and it was overcast. You know, it's overcast, yeah. but then it it kind of burns off, and by the afternoon, it's nice and sunny um, mm-hmm. and warm. In the you know, right now today, I think it's going to be about seventy one or seventy two. Oh, that sounds great. Um, yeah. We're in this like really hot and humid uh, time of year humidity, in Nashville. Right. So. We don't have yeah, humidity, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's not that's as nice. bad as everybody thinks, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't bring you here to talk about the weather, even though I could go on. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, you're kind of, I mean, I don't know if you think of yourself this way, but I certainly do. I think of you as kind of an icon in the world of, of video games. That may be weird for you to hear. I don't know. Um, no, I'm I've sure that uh, that's not the first time you've heard it no, before. I've heard it for but, a really uh, long time. <laughs> and I don't understand it. I have to say, I don't understand it. I really don't. I mean, I just, I'm just me. I just, I don't, I don't know what it was that created that exactly, but it's there. Yeah. Well, you well you worked on uh, and and created some games that I mean people absolutely love. How you got? Maybe let's just start at the beginning. I think that probably would be good. How did you get into making games? Okay. Yeah. Um, that that is that story has been told many times. It started Ken, my husband, Ken Williams. He 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 started his career basically in computers as a programmer. Um, and at, at first he was programming on, um, big mainframe computers and IBM mainframe, massive, massive, huge, I remember those <laughs> cards, you know, and, yeah. you know, everything. And, uh, that it, it started with that. I did, uh, work with him somewhat on, uh, and he did a lot of, uh, we did a lot of, of, uh, being in computer rooms back in the early days when we were very young, yeah. we got married very, very young. We were both teenagers actually when we got married oh, wow. right out of high school. And uh, really neither of us had any, we didn't have college. He had some, I had like a semester, but we got married and, and we, um, we got pregnant pretty quick after that. We, we just were just, you know, sort of kids and yeah. uh and it was a different world back then where that was like you know uh, a lot more common i think now everyone's waiting i think we were a little more uh footloose and fancy free back then (laughs) sure that's a good way of putting it you know and i I don't mean just you know ken and i i just think uh in general just young people back then we were we were a little more footloose and fancy free and we're out to conquer the world or do whatever suited Mm. our fancy and uh that was kind of the thing, you know, I actually, I kind of miss that to be honest with you. I think everybody's a little bit so serious these days, but I don't know. Anyway, we were, we were not. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think like that there's, it's interesting that you say that because I think that as you describe footloose and fancy free, like that sort of attitude, maybe I would guess probably played a big part in fostering, 
you guys to step out and take a risk and make game like video games like that wasn't even something most people were doing back then right people weren't like video games were not a thing that people were talking about like hey let's make this and maybe this is, could be our career yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well there were a few I, you know we're not we weren't like the first or anything right um, sure and with and as far as adventure games go uh, besides uh, Colossal Cave, which we, uh, I think we all, we know about Colossal Cave, the first real adventure game. It, it was yeah. the text. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, that's what started it for me. Uh, Ken was in programming. And uh, I, I'd actually, I, I was going to go back. I had helped Ken in a lot of the computer rooms back then, uh, the big mainframe computer rooms when he was, he was programming and putting his, you know, his deck of cards in and to run his programs. And, and I had a little baby. We were, you know, 1920 at this point. And me and the baby would come, uh, and our son, our first son, and sit in the computer room with him all night while he was programming and doing what he's doing, yeah. trying to build his career. And, um, and he'd say, hey, you know, Roberta, go and uh, and put that this card deck in over there. And then, you know, and then. And he was mostly like programming at this time. He was mostly programming like software. What, well, it started what out. I mean, actually, it started out where he, he did. He, he did some college and that's where he at um, Cal Poly in Pomona, California. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. To take computer science classes. And those were not anything like today. They were not really that serious. You know, it was like you could learn yeah. COBOL or Fortran or, you know, and how to put, how to, how to program on these card decks and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It was like that. But he was taking those classes. So at the beginning, I mean, he was still in, in, in college and he, we were, he was earning some money on the side by, uh, he, by driving kids up, you know, uh, like adolescent kids around to get subscriptions for the Pomona, uh, what is it called? Progress Bulletin newspaper for kids to go yeah. get subscriptions. He'd drop them off, you know, in designated places uh-huh. and they'd go get their subscriptions and then they'd pick them back up, you know, and take them home. That was his, his outside job besides going yeah. to, uh, um, to, to school during the day, learning programming. And I was working at the um, for the county of Los Angeles as a as a typist clerk. So I actually had the bigger uh, income at that time because <laughs> the only yeah. income he was from the Progress Bulletin dropping these kids off. So that but so it, at night he had to do his homework and to learn how to do the programming. So I would join him in the computer rooms when he was doing his homework and learning how to do that. And, and, and while he's doing that, I was changing the tape drives, you know, or the hard drives or putting the, you know, the card decks in and, you know, and doing that for him while he's writing, you know, and everything. Yeah. We did that a lot. So you're kind of learning, oh, you're kind of learning a little bit as well. IBM mainframe. Yeah. Um, you know, it was IBM 360. And so, which was, which really worked out well for me because later on, um, before we started Sierra Online, and, and he had he had gradu- graduated and he got his his programming jobs, and he's he's moving up and he, he did a lot of uh, moving from company to company at that time, starting when he was about twenty, uh, getting his first computer job um, program. Well, first computer operating for a junior college. I think it was Chafee College. 
um, in California, Southern California. And again, I would be there by this time I'd had my child and was coming and I, again, I was helping him do his job mm-hmm. because it was something to do. I mean, we were young, we didn't have much money, so yeah. you know, I'll just come with you. Uh, and, uh, and then when he got his first programming job, he was just bouncing from company about every six months. I think we moved because mm. he, there weren't very many people that knew how to program computers. So it was easy yeah. to get a job and it was easy to go oh, up nice. and it was yeah. easy mm-hmm. to get more money. And so he was constantly being promoted and getting a new job and we were moving and, and everything. In the meantime, um, I had gotten some, some jobs, uh, programming, I mean, uh, operating these uh, IBM mainframe computers, uh, like, for instance, uh, with uh, the, the county of Los Angeles. I got a mm. job programming um, Los Angeles's uh, big, you know, well, at the time, their mainframe computer. I got a job yeah. doing that as their as their operator, uh, not the only operator, you know, computer operator, but one of them, because I knew mm. how to do it. Yeah, and, uh, and there weren't that many people that knew how to do it, so I did. And so I did that. So I did have that experience, and then mm-hmm. also uh, before my sec, our second son was born, five years later, um, I had taken some courses in COBOL at a local college. Actually, it was uh, we had, we were living near Pomona again, and it was back at Cal Poly, and I took some courses in COBOL. And so I had a little, I wrote like one little program. I don't even remember what it was, what it was, what I was doing with it. I just remember doing it and attending. Yeah. So I had it and I got a job as a, as a trainee COBOL programmer with Lowry's Foods in Glendora, California, or maybe it was Glendale, um, being a trainee, a trainee programmer for them and, Hmm. uh, in COBOL. So. Yeah. It didn't last very long. I didn't like it, but I did it. I did it for about six mm-hmm. months. So I, that's not like a lot of uh, technology knowledge or experience, but it's it's enough. It was enough for yeah. me and, and just living with Ken and, and everything he's doing with his programming. And we talked about it a lot. By that time, uh, when our, our second son was born and just a baby, Ken was working for two companies. He was working for a company called Informatics, where somewhere in in the Los Angeles area, we were living in Simi Valley, California, which was just mm-hmm. a bit north and, and on the outskirts of uh, Los Angeles County. And I wasn't working at the time. He was working for Informatics, and what they were doing was working on uh, artificial intelligence and also creating new programming languages. So he was mm. getting really in depth into computer programming from the machine language um, part of it, which was really, really good experience for him that came, uh, it was became, it became very important for us in that we did go on to uh, create our own languages for creating our adventure games. Yeah. Um, but I, um, he also was working at night as a contract programmer for, I believe it was um, Children's Hospital in Los Angeles okay. as well. So during the day, informatics as his real job. And in at night, he was doing contract programming for um, Children's Hospital. Bring, and so he brought home kind of like a, we call it like a teletype machine, 
which really looked kind of like a printer in a way, but it was a printer mm -hmm. with a keyboard. And then it had a like a, where you could put a roll of paper in it, big roll of paper, a keyboard, and in it, it with a via a modem, and our telephone, our home telephone. And if you remember, this was like uh, this is 1979, end of 1979. Um, you know, telephones had the, you know the two earpieces, the big. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, uh, <laughs> the yeah. telephones like we used to have. So the modems. Yeah. Rotary old old school phones yeah, we're talking yeah, about here. Yeah. Uh, so the modems were kind of a big um, uh, object with like almost like two foam uh, holders that you could put your phone yeah. in, you know, with the mouthpiece and the earpiece in each little foam area. And then you dial up. Teletype machine through your modem and from your phone and modem, and he could dial into the big mainframe IBM mainframe computer that uh, that Children's Hospital had, uh, hmm. and he could do his programming at night. But they also had some games on this big mainframe. Okay, you know, and in fact, a lot of corporations back then that did have do their programming, their accounting, or whatever it was that they were doing on their, uh, these, these big computers, they would have some games. They had some games like Star Trek. They had some, they had football and it'd be little okay. kids and O's, you know, that you could move around. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Star Trek was basically X's and O's with story. Yeah. I didn't play that, but one of the games that they had was this game called Colossal Cave. And it was an, an all text game. Uh, yeah, and it's it was all text, and it had kind of a storyline, and you're you could play it, you could type in. Now, this is where the teletype came in. So during the he he kind of said, Roberta, come here, you should see these games, and he kind of showed me Star Trek, and I was like, well, I don't care, you know, football, you know, and <laughs> yeah. you might like it, if, you know, why don't you see if you like it, and and maybe you could play it during the day while I'm at work at informatics, and you could sit here and. You know, while you, you have the two little kids and, you know, maybe play. And I was like, well, yeah. why do I want to do that? And he said, well, just try it. <laughs> so he sat me down at the teletype machine. So, again, it was a keyboard with this roll of paper. And, and he's got it. He's got he's he's dialed into this computer at Children's Hospital via the modem and our telephone. And he says, look, you can type in. And he said, look, and he started it up and. And up it came, you know, you're standing in the forest in front of us, you know, this little building and there's a stream running out of the building, out of the back of the building and da, 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 da. And then it just sort of stopped. And I said, oh, I'm standing, I'm standing there's a little building and I, I'm reading it text. Mm -hmm. said, well, what do I want to do? Oh, I mean, what do I do? And he says, well, you can type in with this keyboard one or two word sentences or commands and it'll do something he had already played with it so he kind of knew what it was he said just you could type in an n for go north or north or go north or east or west or go building or you know whatever so i started doing that and then suddenly i'm in the building and then i can get inventory objects and then i can move around and then i could go deeper and deeper and eventually you can you can find your way into the cave and then you could go through the cave and then you realize 
You can meet other creatures, some mm. good, some not so good. You can die. You can discover things. You can solve puzzles. And I just got completely engrossed in this thing, yeah. addicted to it. I had never known I would be that way. It, it just I'd never experienced such a thing. And I was playing it night and day. I was even at night when he was supposed to be working at Children's Hospital on the computer. I'm just going, you know, let me, I yeah, yeah. an idea, you know, to get past this. Yeah, it's hard to, to a lesser extent than you, but I mean, I'm, I'm about to turn, I'm about to turn 39 uh, pretty soon here. Um, but I feel like I remember like the first time I played a game that felt like magical like that, you know, like, um, I think it was, it was, uh, you know, final fantasy two, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and just being amazed by it. Yeah. Um, or no, if I it would have been a final fantasy one, sorry, I'm to think about it. Just being amazed by like the possibilities that were there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like that's almost something that we take for granted now you know because we grow up with like this wealth of so many like like in your face bold very graphically like impressive games um but like that first time of playing a game where it feels like it's and it's just text but you feel like you can do almost anything yeah uh Sounds like that was really meaningful to you. Well, you know, I'd always been um, very, very much a reader. You know, even you could even say yeah. a, a bookworm. And so I loved to read stories and fantasy and 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 uh, fiction and, but not just not just fiction. I've always liked to read, even as a as a child, um, true life stories of people with adversity, <laughs> like Robinson Crusoe. I don't even know that people yeah. read that anymore. Um, but how he survived on in on this island, and uh, or pi- pioneers, you know, going across, a, you know, uh, in covered wagons and and the adversity and and how they survived and mm-hmm. those kind of things also intrigued me. Um, and but just adventure stories, um, Alice in Wonderland and Wizard of Oz, and just all I always liked those kind of things. Um, yeah. murder mystery and you know nancy drew and then she'd get out there and solve all these things so when but the, those were books and you couldn't play them you just read them and imagine and i had i had and still have a very big imagination so when i saw when i played this now the writing wasn't all that great you know the text and everything it wasn't like really dramatic you weren't you weren't wowed by the literary brilliance no, of Colossal no. Cave. <laughs> no, but what I was wowed by was the fact that I was entering into a story mm. of sorts, but yeah. I could go where I wanted to a certain extent. I mean, it's not like anywhere, yeah. anywhere. You know, you obviously... you got to you got to influence the story, and you right. had input into the system. Yeah. yeah, and that's what intrigued me. I think. And, and mm. I had to use my brain. I had to figure out puzzles. You come to um, obstacles. How do I get around that this obstacle? Or how can I use uh, this object I picked up? I picked up some objects. Can I use that? You know, what, what, yeah. how could I solve this? And I was very intrigued by that, too. That, that's mm-hmm. the part that really drew me in. And, and that's really how this all started. Uh, and then, and then after after that, I 
I finished the game. I got all the points, and I wanted to play more of these types of games. There was a company back then called Adventure International, um, run by a, a man named Scott Adams. And I yeah, we've had uh, it's been a while, but we've had Scott on this podcast before. Yeah. Um, He's an, another pioneer, I think, in the in the world of video games. Us. Like, yes, because I yeah, I think too too few too few people know about Scott, so it's cool that y'all's yeah. paths crossed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and so I uh, we I just I said Ken, I want to play more games like this, and he, he kind of did some research. Oh, there's this adventure adventure international. It's Scott Adams, and and he's got some games that are like this. And at that time, they were on cassette. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. And and it, by this time, we had moved to a new home, and and he was still working for informatics, but not Children's Hospital anymore. Mm-hmm. And and we had bought a an Apple II computer, you know, our first personal computer. And uh, and and he was using the Apple II computer. He had thought at this point, maybe I can start a little personal software you know, uh, a, a new uh, personal computer software company that we could do something with this personal computer, you know, yeah. nobody, you know, was like, well, what do you do with a personal computer? <laughs> yeah. Because up to that point, all computers were in businesses or mm-hmm. the government or something like that. And then all of a sudden you can have a, a personal computer in your yeah, home. Yeah, it was a new idea. Like, well, what do you even do with that? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, what do you do with yeah. that? And so everybody was at that point, and this was in uh, probably, we're probably talking early, maybe like January of 1980, because we just bought this computer for Christmas, mm-hmm. 79. Um, well, what, what can you do? But Ken was one of the perfect people to do this because he had all this programming experience. And then yeah. in informatics, he knew how to develop languages and, and artificial intelligence. He had some ideas about that, that they were working on. So he was almost like the perfect person to do to think of these yeah. ideas. And I had just come off of playing Colossal Cave, and I was really interested in, in Scott Adams's games. And, mm-hmm. and and so our, our, our computer was hooked up to a cassette drive. And so we bought some some of his uh, his uh, games on cassette, and they were they were little. I don't even. I'm trying to remember. I don't think I remember. I think maybe it was like Pirate Adventure and. Yeah, that sounds right. I I think there was a Dracula one, and there was one that was kind of like going through a forest, like a magical forest, and things like that. Um, but so we got it. We got a few of them and put them in the cassette drive, and I. I was playing on his Apple II while he was at work <laughs> during the day on these games, and I played probably three of them. And no offense yeah. to Scott Adams, uh, because he really was really inspirational for me too in his games and what he did, but it just, Colossal Cave, there was just something about it that it just hmm. couldn't match, you know? There, uh, yeah. And, uh, and I just kept thinking these are great and everything but colossal cave there's something about that that was your jam and so uh after a while i started thinking and then in the meantime ken is working on he, what he decided that he thought we needed to do or what he needed to do with his computer is create a new language or and not or create a, la- a computer language on 
um, on the Apple II that didn't exist. I think at this point, Microsoft was probably coming out with DOS or BASIC. Yeah. I'm not sure okay. you know, what order, you know, or anything mm -hmm. like that. And, and I know BASIC. I'm pretty sure on BASIC. Uh, and so Ken thought Fortran, Fortran, we need, yeah. that's what he should do is work on Fortran and put it on the Apple II, kind of like uh, Bill Gates did mm -hmm. with BASIC. And, uh, and so he was working on that. He was working on translating or putting Fortran onto an Apple II computer. In the meantime... So you began to connect the dots that, that hey, that we could... I could make my own colossal cave. <laughs> well, yeah, he was doing that, and he was doing that with a fellow programmer uh -huh. who also was working in yeah. mathematics. And they were working diligently, and this was going to be big. This was going to be big. Yeah. Just, you know, and this was going right. to start our company, and he would be partners with um, his friend. And in the meantime, I was just thinking, 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 and and I, I wanted to. I was compelled to. I don't know why. I did it, but I just uh, started designing a game that ultimately came out to be called Mystery House. And I just, I remember thinking, um, well, what would it be like? Because nobody had ever done this before. Yeah. And the Colossal Cave Guys and Scott Adam. Right. You know, what What would this be like? You know, that's Woods and Carruther, I, sh I should say. Crowther, you know, I should give them. Uh, their due uh, for Colossal Cave. Um, yeah. But I didn't, I had no idea. I just said, okay, uh, what games did I play growing up? And I remember I always liked um, the game of Clue. Played that a lot. Yeah. I always liked that. And then uh, Agatha Christie's, uh, I, I thought, Clue, 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 Clue. What, you know, what can I do? How can I? relate that to something and I thought Agatha Christie you know the game of Clue always yeah. reminded me a little bit of Agatha Christie's Temple Indians or um, oh, uh, Murder on the Nile or you know these things and I started thinking about or you know those kind of those kind of trying to put together a story from a, a book murder mystery clue that sort of went together and I just started drawing on a big piece of paper. I kind of put, drew this this house with the different rooms in it, kind of like Clue. I guess I started from yeah. that idea of the, sure. the the board, you know, the board game. Yeah. And and and, and like for our listeners who who I think, if you don't know if you don't know Mystery House, like we're talking about pretty. I, I don't mean this. I, I hope you do not take offense no, 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 no. at all, but they're pretty. Say, they're pretty simple, like yeah. they're pretty simple line drawings, right? Oh, I God, mean, yeah. but that was like, <laughs> but that was like nobody had done this before, really. So it was on yeah. something people graphics were not a thing that people talked about with regard to games. There were no graphics so, on computer games, yeah. personal computer games at that point. They came out very quickly, right after we we did. Um, uh, Mystery House, we came out with Mystery House. Uh, uh, Richard Garriott came out with, his yeah. game. I think it was called A Calibre. Of Ulti Ultima. No, oh, right. Calibre. Richard Garriott of Ultima. Yeah, I was just saying of, Ult of Ultima fame. Oh, yeah. But I guess his first his first game was, what, what was it called, sir? A Calibre. Don't okay. ask me how it's spelled. Right. I, I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't Calibre. know either, yeah. 
but it it also it, I think it came out maybe six months or so after Mystery House. I believe I could be wrong, but I believe that's the second game that came out with actual graphics. And when I say graphics, I don't mean you, you know that you think of the old Sega games or Atari where you've got the you know the kind of the I don't know what you would even call that the 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 little line at the bottom. sprites and bricks you know, oh, sure. brick yeah. out and and or or yeah. Uh, trying to hit, hit invaders coming down or things. Yeah, I, I don't space know invaders. What, how or... you would, those, but those were video games. Yeah, uh, Sega machines and those kind of Atari machines that you could um, you could plug into your TV and uh, mm-hmm. you did probably have a little joystick or something. But those were just lines moving. Really, they were just lines basically yeah. moving lines. Uh, or uh, pixels put together in in little blobs or squares or rectangles mm-hmm. that were moving around the screen, or you had X's and O's and things like that yeah. that were moving around. That was that was basically the graphics that you had. But actual yeah. pictures, as as simplistic as they were, or stick drawings or whatever, there weren't even those. Those those did mm-hmm. not exist. And when you were when you were doing this too, by the way, like uh, when you're developing Mystery House, was this? Were you thinking kind of at the time? This is just something I want to do. This seems fun. This is in my alley. Or were you actually thinking like, hey, I'll, I could? Was there a thought of like I can make a career out of this? Like, this could be, this could be. Did you have any idea like what you were getting into? Well, what I was getting into, <laughs> or why I was doing it? Yeah, well, sure. It started out. I just, I just said, you know, it's like, why does somebody, maybe they never painted before a a painting. Mm -hmm. Maybe they doodled as kids, you know, drawings, and then they, you know, got a little bit, you know, more. And then, then all of a sudden, I wonder if I could paint. And they put a canvas on an easel and they get their paints together and they just start painting, you know, what compelled them to do it. And then they, they just, I had an idea of something I wanted to paint and I just do it and wow, I, I, I can do this. This is fun. I want to do more of it. Or you sit down and you think I can maybe write a book and you're going to start writing and, and you do it. Maybe it's not so great. The first one you do or the first mm-hmm. um, painting you do, but sure. you just are compelled to do it because you just got this idea in your head and you just want to do it. It's almost like a compulsion. And that's yeah. the way it was with me. I just was compelled it was in my head and I couldn't, couldn't get it. I was so drawn to Colossal Cave and then to Scott Adams games. And I just wanted to do it. And I wasn't mm. satisfied, basically. No offense to Scott Adams. And I give him a lot of credit. <laughs> I really, yeah. really do. Um, but I wasn't satisfied with that. Mm. And I remember yep. thinking... Maybe I can do better. And I had some ideas and I thought maybe I could and I wanted to see if I could. And I just started drawing and thinking and 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 creating this on paper, just this house, line drawings of of a house and uh, thinking about you. And this in this case would be first person, no little characters being you. You could not drive a little character around the screen that didn't exist but out of your own eyes um, in a house and then you're going through this house, what are you doing? Well, if it's like Clue, you're probably 
there's going to be a murder or two or three or however many. Yeah, sure. Are you going to be killed? Well, maybe you can get killed in Colossal Cave. You could get killed uh, with God Adams's adventure game. So of course you can get killed. Um, yeah. What are you trying to do? And then I had to think of that. No, no, no. And basically it turned out that you could get killed, but you were going to solve a mystery. Who was, there were people with you in this house and exploring, not real people. It was computer people um, that you could see. They were really awful drawings because I did them. And, but it's not that I'm that bad of an artist. (laughs) I mean, if you look at the, at the pictures now, you, you break, oh my God, she's, (laughs) Uh, and and i'm not an artist i do i do think i'm a pretty good writer uh but i'm not an artist uh but also ken had to figure out that bottom line is i i i got my game all designed uh it was all there i could see it and by this time i had a huge piece of paper with it the whole game was on it and i could see it I, I, yeah. and I could see where everything happened and puzzles and objects to get and, and I could see it. I knew exactly what it was. And Ken knew I was doing it, but he just thought I was playing, I think. This was just a fun thing. <laughs> no idea well, I'm where this Fortran. would go. Yeah, I'm doing Fortran. That's gonna be our future. Um, yeah. and I I I was trying to get him interested in looking at it because I really, really, really by this time Going back to your question, what was I thinking at this point? I was thinking, this is really, I was thinking this is pretty good. <laughs> I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. That's great. And, uh, yeah. and I thought, I cannot be the only person that thinks like this. I, it was such a strong compulsion for mm. me, so strong. I had never experienced anything like it that I just knew it was one of those things you just knew. I don't know why I, knew. Yeah. I just knew it. And I was trying to convince him to look at it and say, I need you to program this. I can't do this. I'm not that mm. good. I know pro I know COBOL just a little bit, but I cannot do yeah. this. And he wouldn't, um, no, no, no. Fortran. He, <laughs> he didn't see it. Yeah. His buddy, you know, and they were mm. talking and they had all these big ideas, what they were going to do. And, and he couldn't turn down his buddy, you know, they were yeah. highly involved in this, what they were doing. Yeah, and I, I asked that question because I think it's hard for us to put ourselves in that headspace of where you and Ken must have been. Because we live in this world now where video games are this multi-billion dollar industry, and like, I mean, it's super competitive, um, but the space that you're in at this time I, I imagine most people kind of thought like your husband, like the future of computing and, 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 and programming is on the business side of things, Exactly. but, but like entertainment exactly, games, that's sort of like, uh-huh. what is that? You know? Right. So I can see his point of view. I mean, I'm not definitely yeah. not knocking Ken. And who knows if he had put Fortran on? Well, we should knock him a little bit because he was wrong, right? <laughs> you know, I tell him that, but you know, but he'll come back at me and say, uh, "Well, if I had put Fortran on a computer, um, and and it had, and it had hit like like Basic did with um, yeah Bill Gates and Microsoft, 
we could be billionaires by now. <laughs> now we don't yeah. know. I mean, we don't know. <laughs> One thing that to yeah. note, though, is as far as I know, Fortran to this day has never been put on the Apple, mm. any Apple computer of any sort. So that's funny. He sees himself as he could have been this. Uh, and his, yeah, yeah. You know, so <laughs> he will great. come back now, yeah. now and, and, say, and say something like that. And it, it could be true. We don't, you know, he, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but I'll see if I can get Bill Gates on this podcast next. And <laughs> I'll say, well, see what he thinks of this, yeah, this, con- this idea. <laughs> so, um, yes. But anyway, well, how I got how I got Ken away from this this whole thing with Fortran and with his 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 uh, buddy whose whose name was Bob is Bob Leff, very a great guy. Um, how I got him away from that was uh, I had this game, and it was like I said, it was on this huge piece of paper that I I I went and got at some stationery store or something. I don't know. Um, and it was all drawn out. It was all there. And I said, Ken, Ken, come over here. You got to look. No, 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 no. I think he, he was saying no because I think he was afraid I was going to get him drawn into it. And he didn't uh, want to yeah. go there. Because he, he knew I, you know, because mm-hmm. I mean, I had said, you know, I never could program this. And he didn't, he didn't want to be drawn in. He didn't want to be sidetracked. Um, and he just wanted to focus on, on, on the program. So what I did, and he just wouldn't listen. So one, one, <laughs> one, one uh, Friday, he was still working at informatics with his buddy Bob Leff, uh-huh. and uh, they were Bob Leff was coming over to our house on weekends and Friday nights, and you know they were working and planning and all this. Um, on fr- Friday night, I I said to Ken, uh, I've got a you know a, a surprise for you. I I got a babysitter for our two little kids. And we're going to go out. I made reservations at our favorite restaurant in Simi Valley. It was called the Plank House. It was a steakhouse. Um, and, and we like to go there every now and then and, you know, order steak, you know, steak and Caesar salad. Sure. And have some margaritas and dessert after, and, yeah. you know, all this. And it was, you know, it was, and it, it was like on a hill and it overlooked Simi Valley, which was kind of, kind of interesting at the time. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I got these reservations and a babysitter. We'll go out and we'll just, you know, and he's, and I remember I said, why, why? I said, I don't know. It just seemed fun. You know, said, why not? Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Uh, so we did, we left the kids with the babysitter. We went out to Plank House and had a great time. We ordered all our favorites and had a couple of margaritas, you know, and whatever, and maybe more than usual. <laughs> I see where you're going, you I think. I'm going. <laughs> having a lot of fun, you know, just doing everything. Yeah. And uh, and then right around the time for dessert, I I I planned this all out. I mean, this is sneaky wives sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, we all have our it. secrets a yeah. little bit, I will, I will admit. And I said, um, you know, um, can I can I uh, take some of your time to talk about my game? and immediately he looked at me and he and his expression changed from happy happy we're we're here we're having margarita yeah to serious and he kind of Uh pointed his eyes at me like "Uh uh-oh and he he literally i have said i have told this story so many times 
he literally he he lifted his wrist with his watch uh-huh. at his watch and then he looked at me with his hand still raised with his watch yeah and he said i'll give you five minutes that's it oh <laughs> now, wow i could have gotten very angry at the time mm-hmm. and it and if and if he did it today in today's world i would get angry if he did it yeah to me now i'd go who do you think you are yeah days, excuse me yeah i knew better i knew better not because i was a little wifey wife but I knew that what I was going to ask him was going to be a big deal. Yeah. So I knew that I had better be careful. Yeah. Um, because this could be our future, the way I was looking at it. Yeah. And so I didn't do the, I'm going to be mad at you. <laughs> How dare you talk to me like that? I didn't do that. I just, I was just so glad he was going to give me my five minutes <laughs> and I had my whole, my whole patter ready to go. And so I went into it, you know, and, um, and talked very quickly mm. and, and I just had my whole, my whole, uh, spiel ready. And I, I went right into it, you know, and I was very passionate and I knew what I had and I went through it and all my, my ideas and, but I condensed it and, I know that five minutes came and went. Yeah. And I was still talking. <laughs> so you had him. You had I him interested. Still talking. But, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. I kept going. And and so I probably kept going for maybe ten minutes. Maybe yeah. fifteen. But I know it wasn't any more than that. And uh-huh. all of a sudden he said, Are you thinking this is gonna be a text game? And I said well, um, I, I don't, I, I, I maybe, but boy, I mean, it'd be great to have some kind of graphics. And he said mm-hmm. something along the lines, yeah, let me think about that. <laughs> yeah. After that, we just got into the nuts and bolts of the uh-huh. rest of the meal through dessert and everything on, on how this could be done. Yeah. And, uh, and the next day, Ken went to, uh, there was like four computer stores in all of Los Angeles County at this point. All yeah. of Los Angeles County. <laughs> right. And, yeah. uh, and Not a small area. Yeah. We went to one of them because, and he got something called a graphics tablet, which is really nothing more but, a, but an acrylic piece, kind of a square mm-hmm. tablet, flat acrylic piece that had kind of an uh an arm kind of a i don't know what you call those articulated arm on it yeah um think and then with the thing that looked like the end of a record player you know where yep where it had mm-hmm. kind of like a little like i don't know you wouldn't call it a needle it's not a needle but uh it was really a magnetic eye but it kind of had yeah. that sort of feeling in a way. okay and you could you could take this articulated arm over this this piece <laughs> this flat piece of acrylic and underneath it, what you could do is you could tape a piece of paper, you know, on this um, acrylic tablet with a drawing mm-hmm. on it. And then with this artic- articulated arm with this little ending, like with this little magnetic eye, you could you could take this little magnetic eye over your drawing, uh, over the lines of your drawing. And if somebody had some software that was, and you could if you could plug this, 
into your mm-hmm. Apple computer through via wires, of course. Uh, and if there was some software to go with it, you could have you could take something from this uh, graphics tablet through this magnetic eye and through the little wires in your computer and translate the lines over to your computer. Yeah. But there was no software. You could buy the mm. you could you could buy the apparatus, but there was no software. <laughs> yeah. So right. had to had to write the software. And that wow. came down to Ken. Yeah. So he was already thinking. So I think in his mind at that point he was going to try to do both. Fortran mm. and my game. Yeah. But the more he he started working on my game, I think the less interested he became in <laughs> Yeah. And it was it just evolved and then and then finally mm. I had to tell Bob Leff, I'm sorry, we're not gonna do the right. <laughs> yeah. So eventually you you uh got him to see the light, huh? And he, he was not it sounds like he wasn't just willing to help uh after a while. After a while it became became his his passion too it sounds yeah like. it did and it could, because i think he could see that there was a future with this and plus we were having fun doing it together um, yeah and it was a it was a project that he and i were working on together and then uh at, when when mystery house shipped it was immediately very very popular and yeah had to re- recognize that back in in those days it's that game was only going to sell to people who had Apple II computers. Plus, we mm-hmm. made and, and we made a, 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 a the ultimate decision. We were not going to put this game on cassette. It was only going to be on floppy disks. And we did. By this point, we had bought a floppy disk drive. We got rid of our yeah. cassette. Well, we kept one around just you know in case. But um, we were now computing with our Apple II computer with disk drive and floppy mm-hmm. disk. And we made the, the decision to have our game be only on a floppy disk, uh, which was yeah. a big, it, it really helped Apple II computer sell, especially yeah. floppy disk. And, and, that, and that sort of spurred on mm-hmm. moving away from cassette, cassette, um, player, you know, cassette uh, disk drives to hard disk, uh, floppy disk drives and that sort of spurred. So we helped also, I think, spur the the sales of personal computers yeah that's decisions cool like that. yeah yeah so this led to of course to sierra online and sierra online. um you know and, and eventually to you know there i think there was in between king's quest and this there was the wizard and the princess well after wizard mystery, and the, is that right after mystery house uh well between mystery house which was developed in simi valley california and that's where we started our company and at that point it was called online systems because of ken's contract work that he had been doing for you know for a little while Uh, it seems like he'd been doing it for years but the truth of the matter is he'd been doing it like a year but our time for we just moved around and did so much um you know in in that well no 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 he was doing it more than that i guess he was doing it for about two or three years so he but he had to have a um what do you call it an llc a okay. small business development uh-huh. um it's kind of like a you're a small business you're not you're not you're not a corporation you're you're smaller yeah. than that uh legally uh for tax purposes and things like that but so he had an i think it's called an llc i should know that but 
uh, as under the name online systems to do is contract work, meaning I'm not a I'm not an employee of another company. I'm a mm-hmm. contractor, and and a lot of contractors have that for their legal um, business uh, identity, I guess, tax wise, whatever. Um, uh, and so we initially called when we did our game mystery house he, we, he, we just put it under that same llc and online yeah. systems then we moved to oakhurst california uh almost you know probably within a couple of months of releasing mystery house we moved there my parents lived there it's up in the woods between fresno and yosemite a little small town and uh we at that point, Ken just said, we need another game. We were settling in and we, we decided, we thought at that point that we were just going to be a partners in game development, just he and I, and it'd be fun. Yeah. That's how we would make our, he had quit informatics and he was full-time running. But at this point, yeah, you're, you're making, you're doing, I mean, this isn't, uh, like like the video game industry is today, but you're making sound by this point good money off Very of good. Mystery House and Very good yeah, money. way more money. I had, you know way more money. He was earning good money as a programmer, and yeah, and, and his contract work. We were we were living pretty well for people who were only about uh, twenty two. Um, yeah, no, no, we were right. older than that. I guess by this time Chris was born. Uh, no, we were about twenty four. We're pretty 25. young. Yeah, yeah. twenty four, mm-hmm. twenty five. By this time. Yeah, we mm-hmm. were we were living pretty large with his with his uh, programming work in the Los Angeles area for twenty four year olds. We were living yeah. pretty well, um, uh, but uh, but but Mystery House just hit us like a ton of bricks. Like, oh my yeah. god, <laughs> this is uh, this is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, who knew? And yeah. uh, and and we, well, you knew. But... Yeah, well, and but you know, Ken had had. Uh, been commuting with all his various jobs in the Los Angeles area for the uh, five years or so that we've been married uh, up to that point, um, six years, I think. Um, he had had some long commutes on the freeways of, of Los Angeles and, you know, the smog and the hectic, hectic and hectic life of living, living down there. Um, and my parents had moved to Oakhurst and we visit them from time to time, and it just seemed so idyllic, and the trees and the woods, and it just seemed like such a nice life. And we had our two little kids, and we just thought, well, wouldn't this be great? We just move up to the woods and get a, like a nice yeah. cabin, and be near my parents, and it'd be a nice uh-huh. place to raise the kids. And so we just moved there. And, and Ken said, well, we need another game, so start. And I, I uh, did uh, Wizard of the Princess, and he and I started it together, started programming it. And, and he, but this time he wrote a whole pro- programming language to develop these games. And we added color to our graphics. We used mm. color of, of the, the Apple II computer, and whereas Mystery House had been black and white, this yeah. one was color, and he figured out a way to add, get more color than I think it's. It, it was either six or eight base colors that you could use on the yeah. I can't remember if it's six or eight, um, but he wanted to be able to put in more than just those base colors, and hmm. he figured out a way to dither colors together, put pixels of these base colors together to try to 
create more colors, which yeah. is what he did. I think that's one of the cool things about your story is that you're not just um, like creating these iconic um, groundbreaking games, but you're also creating tools, tools to make those games. Like the tools to do these things didn't exist. So y'all just figured it out, which I think is really, really cool. Right. Well, and the um, nice thing about it by, by figuring out these tools, by programming these tools, we obviously own these tools. And, yeah. and then we could utilize these tools to build more games. And and then and the other nice thing is that, you know, as the as the business grew, and at this point we changed to Sierra Online. We put that Sierra word in front of online. We had been online systems, and now we became Sierra Online because we were in the Sierra Nevadas up up there in the in the um, in the mountains in the woods. Um, and became an actual corporation. So we became an, yeah. an actual real business. Yeah. And he had to run the business and he became more and more involved in running the business and less and less involved with programming, which he dearly missed. Um, mm. And uh, But I was able to stay designing more games. And, um, and, and of course, as that happened, we hired programmers um, yeah. We hired artists. We hired um, at, well. At first, it was basically artists and programmers, and and me, and and then um, then we began to decide we needed more designers. We mm-hmm. couldn't just depend on me. I'm, I'm yeah. one person, and in and and it just became obvious that the build business was going to grow and. Yeah. So we brought in other people that can design the games, like me, and then other kind, and then other kinds of games too. Uh, yeah. And, and King's the- Quest. And the- King's Quest was the first game, the first adventure game to have animation. Isn't that right? Like, or one of them at least. Um, thinking, that was a pretty new idea. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think, I think so. Yeah, you're right. I think that the last game that I did. I think I did. I was trying to think the other day. I think I did. I worked on five games, maybe six, with somebody else. But I think I worked on mm-hmm. five games before um, King's Quest. King's Quest. Mystery yeah. House, Wizard and the Princess. Then I did something called Time Zone, which was a quick and dirty. <laughs> it was a real quick one. <laughs> um, not Time Zone. I'm sorry. Mission Asteroid. Okay. That no time zone cool. was not a quick and dirty. No, it was mystery house, uh, wizard and the princess mission colon asteroid like mission impossible it's mission asteroid yeah. and then time zone which was a huge game very complex and then um, I think the dark crystal I think okay. pretty sure that was from. Uh, uh, Jim Henson, the mother. like based on the Henson, Jim Henson, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the Dark Crystal. Though I think those were the three, four, I mean the five that I worked on before before uh, King's, King's Quest, Quest. Yeah, in King's Quest. Mm-hmm. So yes, we didn't have any any animation in any of those games. So did you bring in animators, or did then you? We had to bring in. Some- did you? Was that something you had to figure out of how to incorporate animation oh, yeah. into a game? Oh, yeah. I guess those were new tools you had to build as well. King's Quest was the first game where we had to really upgrade all of our tools, 
are all, you know, I think in fact, that might've been, um, we had our, our first toolbox uh, or adventure game engine was, was AGI. Okay. Um, that might've been AGI might've been adventure game interpreter, something like that. AGI. I think we had to completely upgrade we, and they, and they, they completely rewrote our, our computer game engine, our adventure game engine for King's Quest. And it was, um, CGI. Is that what it was? God, Ken's not here. Computer <laughs> game interpreter. I don't, maybe it was CGI. Okay. CGI? Computer game interpreter. Um, because it incorporated all of the new upgrades that, and the new way of looking at and designing uh, an mm. adventure game came with King's Quest. And that's because it really started with with IBM's um, PC Junior. And what happened was, if you want to, I don't know if you want to get into that or not. <laughs> uh, give us the, we're running out of time here, but you can give us the, the really, the really quick. Well, IBM wanted us to do uh, an adventure game based on Wizard and the Princess for their new, okay. their new game, their new um, PC Junior. Uh, and uh, so we had about a year to develop it, and the PC Junior was able to incorporate uh, animation 3D. I mean, not not 3D, oh, third cool. dimension, third mm-hmm. uh, third person, third person with yes. a character on screen that you could control, and other characters that could move around, and the animation, more colors, more sound effects, uh, more uh, more. Um, it was a. Uh, more cave ram so just more memory yeah. so we were able to do more and that and that came uh so we developed a new adventure game interpreter and that was i think it was cgi and that began a okay. whole new that's cool yeah opened up all kinds of new windows um yeah a whole new future for adventure I, games. yeah this is such a cool story because i just think um i just think of like how you have empowered so many people, I think. Because I think back to even, you were kind of worried earlier that you might sound like you were disparaging Scott Adams's work because there were things about his games that you like didn't like or wanted to improve upon. But I think that's such a beautiful thing. Like I think in a way that actually is, uh, you could look at that as a compliment to um, him because his work like inspired you. Yeah, and like, I mean, how many people played um, King's Quest and, and, and Mystery House and, um, you know, later Phantasmagoria and, and opened up their minds to what, what was possible with games? I mean, so much of the work you did pioneered a lot of just wonderful games um, that, you know, wouldn't have been possible had you not had this kind of determination to <laughs> to not only make a game, but like, get your husband to make it with you, <laughs> which I think was a key part of the, of the, of the, of the battle. Oh, definitely. Uh, had I not been, had that evening at the Plank House restaurant not worked, well, he would have gone on and doing his Fortran and who knows? We'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll never know. that's right. That's right. 
What's up, nerd? You digging this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Visit LTNOnAir.com and make LTN Radio your new go-to for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie, as well as our exclusive LTN shows and podcasts, some of which air on the station before they're available anywhere else. Visit LTNOnAir.com to listen now and find the link to our app. Now back to the show. Do you have a a game that you look back on and that's the one you're sort of most fond or most proud of? What what is what have you done that you really look back on and think that's we really got that one right? I'm really proud of that. Well, I mean, I I, you feel that way about all of them? Well, not all of them. I mean, there are games that I worked on that I'm not I'm not not proud of anything I worked on. I mean, I don't want to categorize it like that. Um, but there are games that I were, well, for instance, I worked with Disney, well, on two different games. One was, um, the Black Cauldron, which was based on the Disney movie that actually didn't, I don't think did that well. Um, but I worked with them on that, but I also did another game called Mickey's, like Mickey Mouse, Mickey's Mm -hmm. Adventure, which, um, uh, you know, it it was just, a quick and dirty kind of game, not dirty, but I mean, it was just a quickie game to to work on with, with, with them for them. And it was okay. (laughs) I was not to write (laughs) home about, but you know, yeah. Um, but, uh, the one, the one game, uh, well, there's, there's several games that I really have more in my heart. One is obviously the first King's quest because that's Mm -hmm. the one that, that really, uh, well, Mystery House really started it all too. I should say yeah. Mystery House, and then that that started it all. And then the next kind of big jump leap forward would be King's Quest, the first King's Quest. Yeah. And um, but then the other, you know, actually, well, then the other one that's not necessarily a big leap forward. But that it's also in my heart is the Laura Bow Laura Bow series. I I, start, I try I wanted to start this series for for well maybe for girls for women, the Laura Bow mm-hmm. murder mystery series, mystery yeah. series, and 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 I did the Colonel's Bequest, and I I, I think that was probably between um, I'm trying to think, um, that must have been after or you know now i'm trying to piece when when i actually did that if it was before um king's quest or after yeah that, i think it must have been after but I'm i love to hear that though that story though because um i mean there's still a lot of talk about this today about how video games are and it's not true but how video games are a predominantly young male hobby um mm-hmm. And that's not true today. That's less true today less than ever true before, today, right? That's for sure. But but even you know back then you were designing, you were setting out to design some games specifically with with women in mind, which is really really well, cool. Well, yeah, I mean to some extent, um, because I mean because obviously you know I am a woman, and so I I would want girls or women or older women or whoever, you know, yeah. whoever, whatever age you are to enjoy my games, not just, not just boys, men, whatever. Um, yeah. and, uh, so yeah, I was obviously interested in that. Uh, but I, but I, I never, 
came at it from the idea that I'm, I want to really just concentrate on women or girls only. I never came from it from that standpoint. I, sure. I really wanted everybody to enjoy my games. I wanted to everybody. Um, but I knew, hmm. I knew for it to be everybody, I did have to bring in the female component, so, so to speak. And then, then you really do have everybody. Um, and that was, that was really what was more in my mind, but the Laura bow, yeah. I, I really, I really loved working on that game a lot. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was sort of going back to mystery house and the whole idea of an Agatha Christie, uh, murder mystery story. Um, Mm-hmm. And I really, I really, I really love that. And I wanted to develop it further. I never got the chance. We did do a second Laura Bow um, game called uh, The Dagger of Amon-Ra, but I didn't design it. It was a good game, but I didn't design it. I was very disappointed in that. I really wanted to, but by this time, I was sort of being told what what games to work on. <laughs> you know, with starting to, <laughs> I was getting uh, from on high, you know, some of my... Uh, Sure. Especially you got to you got you have to do another King's Quest, so I was trying yeah, right. to do a King's Quest, and then the the game uh, community was beginning to find its voice and demand right more of their favorite IP. Right. So it, what was happening <laughs> yeah. is I did, and I do believe the Laura Bow that Colonel's Quest was right after King's Quest One, because I I did I think I did King's Quest and then Laura Bow the Colonel's Quest. And then I probably did King's Quest 2 and then something else. And then King's Quest 3 and something else. King's Quest 4 and something else. Yeah. I was trying to get some of my ideas in in between. Yeah. Um, but the other game, the, the last game that I really, and this might be the biggest one that my heart was really into, that I loved working on was Phantasmagoria. I yeah. loved working on that. That one was the most difficult, the most complex the most out there weird, you yeah. know, why would you do that? And, and really <laughs> yeah. trying to push the envelope on technology of, of all my games and all of Sierra Online's games up to that point. But, and it was really yeah. difficult to do. Um, and it took a lot of time and, and uh, money. And, and I wasn't ever really sure it was going to even work. We were really taking a risk on that one. But it, yeah. I loved it. It was fun. Right, yeah, and I mean that's another one I think that uh, was pretty groundbreaking in terms of like, uh, it you know, uh, is it fair to say it was aimed at an adult audience? Oh, of like, yeah, like, uh, and that's kind of was kind of if I remember right, it was kind of a new idea back then. I mean, the we're kind of aiming a lot of games at a, I mean, certainly like the King's Quest games felt a lot more playful and, yeah. um. Yeah. So well, the reason I, know that... I did it, the reason uh, you know, I, I, I mean, just like with with the murder mystery of um, the mystery house, and then the Laura Bow murder mystery series. Uh, you know, I've I've always liked um, murder mysteries. I like it. I like a lot. You know, I'm I'm actually yeah. I'm, I'm well rounded. <laughs> sure. You know, I like history. I love history, mm-hmm. archaeology, um, murder mysteries fantasy, um, space, you know, and space travel, the idea of that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to say so much that I'm into horror, but I was, I, I set it up for myself as a challenge and it came about 
that uh, somebody said, oh, somebody said about, on I think it was King's Quest Five. Or was it four? <laughs> I'm not so sure now. I, you know, it, yeah. you know, it all gets lost in the mist of my memory. Um, where there, we did an opening scene. I think it was it could have been King's Quest Four. I think it was King's Quest Four, where I added a female um, uh, uh, character that you that you control. It was Rosella, our first, you know, uh, female character. Well, no, no, it was Laura Bow. Yeah, that's true. Wasn't that okay? Uh, anyway. Um, but we, our opening scene, we made very melodramatic. We, we usually would, at, later on, we'd have an, an opening scene. It was animated with music and credits, you know, and all of that. And we did this opening scene that was very sad because King Graham uh, collapsed and he was very sick. And that's where Rosella, his daughter, had to go and find this magic uh, fruit that would she could bring back. Yeah and save his life. But the scene was very dramatic. And, uh, and, and actually when we first showed it to some, to some, uh, journalists at and and players and fans at one of the, uh, it might've been at CES that some people actually teared up and watching it because oh, wow. they were so into the, hmm. you know, the King's quest series. And, and, uh, so somebody wrote, can a computer make you cry? Yeah. And and the answer came back this, in this article. Uh, yes, yes, it can. You know, and it was about this yeah. opening scene. You know, and mm. Graham collapses, and there was some tears. And so, I we were just you know me and some some of uh, other team members. We were just bouncing around ideas one day, and said, "I, I wonder if a computer, because some people were trying to think up and develop horror or scary at that time." And could that, could you, could a computer really scare you like, like a horror movie can? Yeah. You could go see a horror movie and, and sit right. there and go, oh my God, you know, yeah. and you want to hide your yeah. eyes. You don't want to see it. Uh-huh. And, and you can get, you can get scared. Oh, and, yeah. and that, that just, that just got into my mind. And I was, uh, I, I kept wondering about it. Could I... I like, as you could probably tell at this point, I like a challenge. Mm-hmm. Now, I love yeah. a challenge. You give me <laughs> a challenge and, yeah. and it'll get in there and I'll just think about it and think about it and think about it. And, and so it became for me a challenge. And, and I know it, it didn't fit my persona and it really doesn't fit my persona. I have to tell you, it, it really doesn't. I'm not really, I'm more a King's Quest girl. I really am. Yeah. I'm actually very meek and mild and, and I'm a, I'm a really good <laughs> sure. girl, you know, and I, I don't, you know, I don't do any, I don't do anything. I'm not that, I don't think I'm that strange. Um, but yeah. I, I became intrigued by the idea of if, if I could write a game that could scare someone like a horror movie. Mm. And, and that was the genesis of the idea. And, and the way, the reason why it turned into using actors which then <laughs> became a whole nother thing. You know, we had to build a movie studio and we had to do all kinds of stuff, oh, wow. you know, and, and we had the, the scenery or the, the world that Phantasmagoria was set in 
was a 3D world. It was rendered 3D. The entire hmm. world in 3D, you could, you know, look. We could yeah. do it, but it doesn't come off that way in the game because the computers then did not have the uh, the power to do it. RAM, yeah, sure. Didn't have the power mm -hmm. to do it, so we couldn't have the moving through a 3D world. But but the world for Phantasmagoria was developed all in 3D. And the reason oh, we cool. did that is because we're going to be using actors and and some scenes and just playing the game and having the, the characters being actors had to, we had to change camera angles a lot. And the only way we could do that was by having a 3D world so we could grab uh, yeah. shots from it. The reason I decided I wanted actors was I decided that we were never, ever, ever going to scare somebody with a computer without with with computer characters. You're yeah. never going to have that empathy. You you in order to be scared, and this is what I came up with. In order to be truly scared, or you're or you're thinking, oh my God, something's going to happen to her, for instance. Mm -hmm. Don't open that door, you know, <laughs> you know she's heading yeah. towards the door and, you know, and if you write the, if you write the script well enough, you know, you believe there's something really, really bad behind that door. And in movies, you know, they invariably go and open the door, right? Right. And you know, you shouldn't. I don't think yeah. a computer character going up to that door and maybe opening it is going to scare you but an actress and it was and the story was written and with actors and and and, and an actress you might and that's yeah. why i decided to have actors gotcha i didn't do it because i wanted to do some you know be way out there on the edge well i did but not 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 really for that reason yeah 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 that's why that's I did cool it. yeah yeah <laughs> Well, uh, we've 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 crossed the hour mark, which I promised you. So I, I want to respect your time, but I do have one last last question um, that I think would be remiss not to 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 ask. Um, you know, I think, like I mentioned this before, there's this perception about video gaming as being a, and like we said, it's less true now than ever before, being a predominantly young male hobby, and I think there that's also reflected in the industry and people who are making games today. Like it's still um, game designers are there. There, there are more women making games now than ever before, which is awesome. Um, but it, there's, I think there's still a long way to go for the industry. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'd be curious to hear about your experience. I feel like you've inspired a lot of women to get out there and make games. And um, I, I don't know. Do you? Do you? Do you? What? What's that been like? I, I mean, just hearing from from uh i'm sure countless women who say thank you for stepping out there and making these games and like figuring it out and paving the way and um yeah what's what's that been like for you <laughs> well i'm i'm proud of it of course you yeah know, i i yeah i guess you could say i was probably the, the pioneering woman um in the industry uh especially for computer games um and and i do want to add I, I did have some experience in with computers before I ever did it. I did delve into yeah. the uh, the world of computers 
with operations. I had two jobs, you know. Operations. Yeah, I mean, you were figuring it out and, from day one. It sounds like, which is you know, yeah, Lowry's Foods. So it it so which also helped me um, in, in mm-hmm. figuring out how to design these games. Um, I, I think had I not had that experience, I don't know that I would have um, had the. I mean, I might have, I might have, um, uh, but I, it obviously helped me. So, so I, I was sort of into that beforehand anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I'm very proud of it, of course. And, uh, and yeah. I hear, and I still hear a lot from, uh, from, from women, uh, who were as young girls played my games and, and so many, and they tell me how they were inspired and, and how that they made that decision young to go into the same career as I, I did. And, and I'm mm-hmm. very honored. Very yeah, so. that's great. That's um, great. And I want to be like really clear too. You've inspired, um, your inspiration for, for game designers, um, goes well beyond that. Like, uh, I think you just, you've inspired countless human beings to take risks and make unique and interesting games. And, that's the cool. I've talked to some really um, neat people on this podcast. I mean, I think back to the time when I got to talk to Ken Levine, who made Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite, or um, Rand Miller, who who worked on the Mist games, you know, and uh, with his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this 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 I think is probably the most. Yeah, just. I don't think I've ever, ever ever talked to someone quite of your influence in in this medium that I love. So, um, just personally, want to say I'm really like uh, honored to well, to get to you. chat with I, you. It's been really cool. Thank you. I'm I'm well. I'm honored to meet you, and I'm I'm honored that you're happy to to talk to me and and learn about about these things. I would like to. Uh, I know our time is short. I'd like to. Sure. No. Take as long as you have time. I'm good. I, I just want to respect your time. Oh, time. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and my coffee is holding out pretty good too. So I'm, so I'm <laughs> okay. uh, okay. <laughs> um, no, two, two things I would like to bring up. Um, I would like to bring up my book. I did write a book. Oh, great. Yeah, and, please and do. And it's called, uh, farewell to Tara. It's not anything that anybody would think would have anything to do with me, you know, being fantasy or fiction you know people would probably imagine that i would write something along the lines of uh, harry potter you know or something like that (laughs) i probably could probably would do an okay job with it but i i was i've been i got in it after after we sold sierra online a long time ago got over 20 years ago um i i found that i needed something to do i didn't know what to do my life i mean for 20 years i've been doing these games and this is what i would was doing and my last game was king's quest 8 mask of eternity and and then boom you know out of the job uh so uh you know for, for you know i knew it we knew it we sold the game and we knew it it wasn't a surprise but it's just what was yeah. gonna happen uh and i needed something to do i got into genealogy and i found okay that i because i wanted i wanted to uh go over my uh my mom's Irish ancestry. I found that yeah. I was really good at it because it kind of reminded me doing genealogy, sort of like playing an adventure game. It's a lot of searching and exploring and putting together puzzles and finding things and putting it together. And I wrote a book. I, I traced them back to the famine in Ireland and I wrote a book, a fiction, a novel. Yeah. 
a saga based on oh, cool. the family, but, yeah. it, the, but their characters, what they went through in the famine and coming to America as an immigration story. But, but I made them characters, dialogue and a story and, you know, it's fictionalized, but it's real and it's out there. If anybody's interested, uh, yeah. farewell to Tara. It's on Amazon. Cool. The other thing I wanted to yeah. bring up, Ken and I are working on a game. In, okay. It's Ken and I. We should, it should we should change it to Ken and Roberta's game, but that's okay. We'll we'll keep it. <laughs> we'll keep it Ken's game. They need to change the yeah. URL. Yeah, this is. Yeah. Uh, well, well, that's okay. That's come it. on. We'll keep it Ken's game. Uh, but uh, and actually, it kind of started out that way uh, because uh, you know we Ken and I have done a lot since we you know we put Sierra Online to a new new company, new place. Yeah. Um, besides me getting into genealogy, we also got into cruising around the world on a boat. Um, and so we became, you know, big, uh, world cruisers, just doing cool. it ourselves. Yeah. Just no, you know, no crew or anything, just, just me and him and cruised around the yeah. world for over 10 years. Um, and people wow. can see that on Ken's blog.com. That's, that's our, okay. his whole, you know, our whole boating <laughs> experience. And, uh, and then, uh, and then Ken, and we did that and then Ken needed another project. And so I suggested, why don't you write a book? Because I was just finishing up my book, um, farewell to Tara. And, and he was looking for something to do. And I said, why don't you write a book, you know, write it about your, you know, your me- memoirs or something about Sierra and what, how we did it. And yeah. so he wrote that book and it's, uh, That's great. it's, um, no, I should not all fairy tales have happy endings. It's kind okay. of a long, yeah. not all fairy tales have happy endings. And he wrote that book, uh, which did very well. That's also on Amazon. And then he needed another project. He was, <laughs> of course. Projects. And, I'm sensing a theme here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and so, oh, well, I do too. I mean, I, I've had my projects, but, and I said, well, why don't you write a, a, why don't you see if you can write a game? And he was looking at Unity, you know, the, uh, the, the uh, game tools, you know, the, the game engines that Unity has for 3D yeah. and, you know, uh, basically 3D and 3D animated, animated camera. You know, it's a whole, it's a whole basically language and game tools for that many, many, many people use today to um, design games. Why don't you take a look at that? So he did started um and he and i came up with the uh, idea and so uh he and i and we've got some other people involved are writing a game we're designing a game oh great that's cool well can't wait to to hear more about it and see what y'all come up with so yeah that'll be great well it's so cool to hear that uh you know all these years later you're still making games yeah yeah yeah, your your passion for game design has not yeah. left you. Uh, I thought he awesome. was going to awesome. do it at first. I was curious to see what he would do if it was if he was going to start a game, and so and I wasn't drawn into it quite at first, but I've been drawn into it. Yeah. This is a case, so now this is a case where roles, I drew him. Yeah, I drew him. Yeah, the roles are reversed. Yeah, He's trying to convince yeah. you into yeah. That's, right. that's great. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, so cool to to chat with you, Roberta, and uh, 
really, really enjoyed hearing your story, and um, man, I feel like we could do two or three or four more of these podcasts, and we would never run out of uh, stories that I would love hearing about your work I in the industry. So, 